What you do have is the power to choose your next step. I don't know where you guys are at in your leadership segments of your career, but I feel like there's a point where like the whining gets a little more than you can handle. I'm looking at Jeff's face. He's maybe he's not there yet. I know John's been there for a while. <laughs> where what's Drew's favorite? The beatings will continue until morale improves. Yes. Yeah. And so, and I, I don't think I'm there yet. Right. But when I was looking through some like trying to read and try to come up with some ways to better combat the level of I don't want to say complaints, but maybe honest opinions residents have of, of training programs and, and where we're all at. But I came across a quote that is not a. It's a quote that I read pretty regularly, but it's a quote that I heard for the first time in 2018 and it was at a time where I was probably a little burned out at work frustrated with some of the things that was going on and was at a national meeting for our company and one of the leaders of the company I used to work for that John and Drew work for USQ Care Solutions uh, Mike Osmond he used a quote at the end of one of these meetings and, and Mike's always been a good friend and somebody that I respected and when he said this it really kind of hit home and it says you have the right to be heard and understood but you do not have the right to make the final decision or to act poorly when you don't get your way. So how does that hit with you, Jeff? What about that works well? I like it moderately. I like it moderately because what it doesn't do is leave the door open for collaboration. So I like the fact that there's an acknowledgement and understanding of it is always okay to say, I think that there is an opportunity. Now, what I really try to focus on is the very next thing should be, rather than a regular complaint, it should be, here's the issue that I'm seeing, and here's a possible solution. I mean, we think about how we want to get uh, patient presentations from our residents and and med students, right? I'm okay if the plan isn't 100% correct, but I want something, right? So if we have an issue with a scheduling problem, hey, we should improve the tactics, that's great come to me and tell me, here's something that I think we could be better at. And I've actually workshopped it and thought about how we can make this better. So I like that quote because it acknowledges the fact that you can always say what's on your mind, but it then kind of closes it and says, yeah, you can think about it, but it's also okay if I just don't really care. And I think that's where I have a little bit of issue with it. I like that take on it, Jeff. It's a little bit different because I think my part of the quote is at the very end where it says you don't have the right, which I take umbrage with. So I think it's a great quote. I think if I could improve upon it, I would say at the end, what you do have is the power to choose your next step, right? Instead of you can't do this, because there are some issues, quite honestly, that you feel listened to but not heard. And sometimes that is because you're just in a bad spot. But sometimes it's because that's actually what happened. They gave you time to be listened to, but they didn't actually hear what you were saying. And it's hard, but we all know those times where we were talking with somebody and they let us say our piece and they disagreed with us and moved on. But then there's that time where they listen to you. You can see they genuinely heard what you were saying. And even if they disagreed, 
they respected you for your position. So I, I like that Jeff took some liberty to not embrace it fully. I will say, I actually thought back when you were talking about the coming at you with a solution, a problem. Jeff, I've always respected you as, as well as loved having is he about, is he about to not respect you is the question. Yeah. Right? The no, no, I'm about to totally respect because he did a very similar thing in residence. He was very interested. I mean, you guys all know Jeff is like a wilderness EMS guy. And we did what any residency would kind of had at the time when Jeff was a resident for wilderness stuff, right? Like we weren't in the Sierra Nevadas. We didn't have whitewater rafting in the back of the hospital. Like it wasn't, right? I mean, we were in metropolitan Columbus, Ohio. Flat trails, ponds. Yeah. You have to drive about an hour, hour and a half to get to anything hikeable other than like some metro parks and stuff, right? But he really wanted a portion of the creek and felt it was really important to give the opportunity for residents to get involved with wilderness medicine. And instead of just saying, hey, we need a wilderness medicine, Right, he he came and actually developed what ended up being our specialty track. You, you you submitted a proposal, and if you remember when you submitted the proposal, there were things that I liked about it and I didn't like about it. And at the time, the program director put that squarely in my. He's like, "This is an educational thing." So, and you remember we talked about it, but I didn't know that we needed it. But I heard your passion about it and heard your plans, and then I provided you with some feedback. We talked about the things that leaders always have to talk about, right? We talked about budgets. We talked about time off and how that would look and what we could do. And what was fascinating to me was, instead of like getting deflated, you were like, oh, cool, these are the parameters? All right, let me work with that and see what I can do. And it's it goes back to, as you were commenting, Andy, so I passed through the point where it really bothers me if somebody is complaining. What I now like to really do is I like to say when somebody has a complaint, I like to hear what it is, but I also always tag on the question if they don't offer it. And what would you have me do about that? Yes. What would you, yes. wh- what is your solution? And then I've taken another step now. And if the thing, and it always does, has anything to do with anything, how would you like me to apply that across all the people it will affect? Ooh, that's really and I've found that by adding that question on, they often see what my concerns are as a leader. So we need more time off. We need more days off as a resident, right? Maybe that's a criticism. I, I, don't, I don't know. I've not heard that one, but maybe, but maybe that's a general feeling, right? And you go, okay, that's great. So, so you would like more days off. Yes. Okay. Tell me, tell me what that would look like. Okay. Now, how can I apply this so everybody should get the same benefit? And you start to see that, well, yeah, we could do this, but maybe we can't make as many requests, right? So now you start to see and come up with, okay, well, maybe our choice would be we're going to decrease our number of requests because we all agree that maybe this would be better. Or maybe we don't really want to do that. And maybe there's alternatives, but it changes the way. And I find myself when I ask those questions, I actually hear what they're saying. I'm not just listening because I can go into listening mode just like anybody else. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You want more days off? Yeah, yeah. Let's get through this. You know, okay. Tell me all the reasons you need more days off. Great, great, great. Okay. As opposed to that's an interesting question and tell me more. Right. I bring up this quote because I wanted to have this exact conversation. It's to where I have 
realized in my career, I'm not a big fan of complaint sessions. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of solution sessions. And mm -hmm. that's one thing I've learned when I be with residents. It's we have problems. Let's find solutions that are viable and that can be broadly applied. Because so many times it'll be like, they'll come up with a very specific problem. What's the solution? Well, this. Well, in the current way we operate, your solution isn't viable. But here's here's the rules. Let's come up with a solution. Because I feel like too many times, and maybe where I like where both of you have an issue with the quote is where you guys both point out the fact that it takes away that it says you don't have the right to make the final decision or to act poorly when you don't get your way. I like your version of that where you have a choice on what the next step looks like. Yeah. Because I feel like too many times is it we'll have a, a problem session and people will voice their concerns. And if they don't have a solution, it's, well, we have this pile of concerns. And because you didn't give me any solutions, nothing's going to change. And then there's an automatic reaction of anger, frustration, whatever. And it's like, well, that's your choice. Like, I can't fix that for you. But if you come with solutions, at least then we have an opp opportunity to fix it. Yeah. And one thing that I've gotten, I think, as I've gotten more experience, I think I've gotten better at, is I appreciate the emotional energy that people have. And sometimes what I'm interpreting as bad behavior is bad behavior. And sometimes what I'm interpreting as bad behavior is really their frustration without another outlet. And so just like 20 minutes into a kid having a temper tantrum about dropping an ice cream cone, I have an opinion on that and that behavior. But when they drop the ice cream cone and they start to cry, I used to have an opinion of that. I used to think, oh, that's bad behavior. As opposed to going, I can see how you'd be upset. You don't have your words yet. And I get that. So, yeah, it's okay. Cool. You, you carry on. 20 minutes later, we're going to have a talk. Right? And, and it is that perception shift that sometimes I have to set aside. Because if you have made a really hard decision even if it's the right one, everybody would agree it's the right one. You do have a choice of your behavior, but I would rather, in a lot of cases, somebody express their feelings than bottle it in. And so if there really is no other way to do it, I find myself a little more accepting of that. That's also just an indication, in my mind, an indication of sort of the emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence and sort of self-understanding of the person that you're talking to, right? If someone's able to say, well, in your example, John, I want more time off, and you say, hey, let's talk about why maybe this might not work, and the output is stomping your feet, then maybe the conversation really is over. Right. But if someone has that ability to sort of say, hey, I'm going to take this as an opportunity, I'm going to look through this with a lens of like a growth mindset and figuring out how we can work collaboratively, that's the kind of person that, frankly, I want to work with Yeah. in general. Not even just a resident or a med student or a colleague, just people in general. And it's really interesting because one of my things, and I'm, I'm smiling as you're talking through this because one of the things that I really try to work with with my residents is how do you train people to think like that? And I don't know the answer, right? I mean, you can read books, you can, you can listen to podcasts, but how do you work on helping someone find that idea of, all right, if my initial thought doesn't work, what's the next? What's my initial output? And then am I going to retreat into 
frustration or am I going to work on a solutions-driven next step? So let's say we're in this scenario where we've, we've elicited feedback, we've gotten feedback, we've given the optimal solutions. What do you do with the person, whether it's a learner or a coworker, who you've given them a viable solution or you've empowered them to make a change or move some things around under the current rules that they have and they decide to opt out and just say, well, I'm not going to change anything. How do you encourage that person to, to not be that way or to change their mindset? I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would interrupt that decision. So if I am authentically giving you the choice and you choose something I wouldn't have chosen, I don't think it's really my right to judge that. Maybe I'm misunderstanding, but I think what you may be getting at, though, is what if they're unwilling to grow? Yeah, unwilling. I guess that's the... Yeah, what if they're... You've given them options for a solution. You've given them parameters of how they can change their situation, and they say, no, I'm good. Yeah, I say, peace be with you. Right, because they're not ready to grow. And so you can't force that growth because, again, talking about something we talked about earlier, that falls squarely under the problems that I have no control over. Right. When somebody wants to do better and they're struggling and I point things out and then they make incremental changes, even if they don't get there yet, incremental changes are recognized as progress. But if they're making the choice not to do it right, then that's okay. So I had a trainer at a gym and it was really funny. He doesn't train anymore, but he was the best trainer I'd ever had because if you would like text him, you were going to be late for a session or, you know, like something happened. His response was always, okay. And that was it. Nothing else. And if you showed up, didn't show up. So I missed a session one day. And when I showed the next session, the first thing I did was I apologized. Like, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, and I texted him. And I'd gotten the, the okay. And he actually said, really kind of put me on my butt right before I did like a thousand lunges. He actually stopped me like mid-apology. He says, actually, you don't. You don't have to apologize. The other day, you chose not to show up. You chose to show up today. I'm going to acknowledge the appropriate behavior. And that was it. There was no slack. There was no middle ground. It wasn't dismissive. He wasn't dismissive of my reason because later when we talked about it, it was maybe your reason was great and true and maybe it wasn't and maybe you just didn't feel like it that day and couldn't express it. None of that matters. I'm not going to acknowledge and give energy to the bad decision. But I will acknowledge the correct decision. So I thought that was really funny. He's like, I just learned that. It's, it's better for me not to get wrapped up in the whys and the whatevers. You weren't there the other day. You're here today. That's what I want. You're here today. Let's do it. So There's a, a set of like lectures I've been watching on one of the master classes and on YouTube. And, and there's one where it's this lady and she talks about how the second you get used to this phrase – let them. Your friends want to go out and not invite you? Let, let them. them. Your employees don't want to follow the rules? Let them. You know, your mom or dad doesn't, just let them. That phrase, let them. And don't get emotionally tied in their decision either way. It automatically deburdens you of allowing you to focus on your purpose and on your roles and on what's important. And even as we've been having this conversation, that immediately came to my mind of sometimes you just have to let people act the, act the way they feel is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And they'll figure it out for themselves or they won't. Yeah. Or they'll cause their own set of problems or they won't. And so, yeah, just let them. I have a little bit of a different output, I think. I really like the idea of just saying, hey, yeah, I mean, if you're not ready for it, 
this just isn't going to be you. But I kind of like the idea of, and I think I probably got this from you, John, of like leaving them with a reflective question. So if I can plant the seed, maybe they're not ready to have like the emotional intelligence conversation. But if we have a corrective conversation when I have to kind of be the bad guy and say, hey, can you tell me about like why you've been late or not completing your online like logs or something? Something that I've come across recently has been, well, you know, I was really focusing on my wellness and that's why I couldn't, why I couldn't do X, Y, or Z. And my thought with all of that, and then if someone's just really not ready to have that conversation, I kind of go, okay, all right. I mean, this is the requirement and this is what's going to happen. And these are the expectations and the standards. But as you come up on this choice in the future, I want you to think about maybe the wellness of your other residents. And what does that look like when you're not completing your requirements? And having that little seed planted, and I don't discuss it with them, right? I don't sort of like have them go through the exercise. I just kind of like let that marinate. And then when I've done that kind of thing before, I've had a couple of days break and then a discussion of, hey, Dr. Kamp, I, I, I thought about what you'd said and I was thinking about it a little bit more. And maybe that break sometimes can allow that little nugget to grow sometimes. Well, and I feel like that maybe is the contradictory part of the let them idea. And when you work in our jobs with graduate education is, is that we can let individuals, i.e. residents, act a certain way for a certain amount of time. And then it's, hey, there are requirements. There are contractual things that you're obligated to do that I can't just let you continue to spiral. Right. And so there's that balance of like, I'll let people act the way they want to act. But eventually we have to have that talk of, so now you've made some choices and now there's this thing called accountability that we have to talk about. And so how do you balance that, John? Yeah, well, I think Jeff is really kind of in my head when you were talking about the let them. I have the same thing. I call it let them with boundaries, right? And, and so let's take discipline off the table because we often think about it in terms of discipline, but let's, uh, this is one of my teaching styles, right? For any resident that has ever been with me, you are probably keenly aware of this. I am a very big believer in allowing and encouraging residents to explore their own path to how to manage a patient. Even when I provide them input that would dissuade them from doing a certain thing, if you do this CAT scan, then the following things will likely happen, right? So you do that, and then you go, you can do the CAT scan, right? I, I get you, you don't believe me. You, I can read your face. As long as it's not harming a patient materially, right? People will always come at me with like, well, it's extra charge or extra, but one person charge versus this resident learning something for the rest of their lives to help every other patient. There's a cost balance here. The fact is that within boundaries, it's really better for them to struggle their way through that. And then one of two things will happen. They will either b believe me <laughs> the next time and start to learn from some of the other things, or they will have experienced it and learned for themselves. Either way, the, the transformation that you want to have happen. And so it's the let them with boundaries, right? Like when I offer you an array of choices and you choose to keep it the way that it is right now, and that's a fair choice, that for me is a let them. I, I do like planting the seed. I find that sometimes I plant the seed right then, and sometimes you just have to plant the seed later. It's in the follow-up discussion. It's like, okay, so we talked last yeah. time and yeah. 
I want to just add a question to what we talked about. So I, I like to just turn it back around to me. That way it takes their ego out of it. Hey, Jeff, the last time we talked, I don't know what was going on inside your head. If I were you, I probably would have felt very frustrated that nothing changed. And then I do the, I wonder if, right? And then I just throw it out there. Or I will say, if I were in your shoes, I might have thought or said this. And it's interesting because I found that that will lead to very interesting discussions. Because you would think it's because well, that you tell them the right way to do it. Actually, no. It's actually because when I say I would have done this, probably three quarters of the time they come back at me with, well, the thing you don't know. They give you the piece of information. That's and missing. then when they say that, you go, oh, oh, okay. I, I would have done the same thing you did. And they just look at you like, but you're right. We didn't, we didn't know that. But gosh, doesn't it feel better now that, now that we do? And like, now we can talk about it and understand why those days off are more important and why you need that as opposed to why I think you want that. It's a different thing. Well, it reminds me of, I was, we were talking with somebody about resident scheduling and it was, hey, I need these days off. And it's like, well, the schedule's made. Well, I need, why? I need to go to a wedding. Well, you know, not everybody gets to go to weddings. Schedule comes out. So yeah, can we talk about that again? I'm actually getting married those days. And the resident never thought to give the, the important part of the punchline, which was, I'm getting married. It's my wedding. And need yeah. these days yeah. off. Yeah. They were trying to be polite and say, I'm, I'm going to a wedding. Yeah. Can I get some days off? Right. And it was just like that extra little layer of, and it doesn't always make a difference, but sometimes the right piece of information is all the difference in the way we read a scenario or the way we view a complaint or something like that. Right. And John, what you were, are doing in, in, in the scenario that you're, you're bringing up is extraordinary because that's how you teach someone to have a, a little bit of a better personal growth. Because you're not talking about by, by sort of having that, this is how I would feel, this is maybe how I would have approached the situation. You're sometimes and kind of talking about the topic but more so you're talking about how can you incorporate these skills in future discussions and that's how we need to do this well thanks to john and jeff for being at the table for this conversation like always and i say always because it seems like we always start in one spot we end in another and there's a lot left on the table to talk about. So if you're listening and have comments, thoughts, or want to add your two cents, please do so on social media or directly on our website, emoovereasy.com. And don't forget, we are the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. You can head on over to acop.org to learn more about this amazing organization and think about coming to Spring Seminar. It's an upcoming conference in Orlando, Florida, April 27th through May 1st. You'll have a chance to see your favorite EM Over Easy host, Drew, Tanner, John, and myself, live and in person, along with a ton of speakers who have been previous guests on the show, live and in person at an amazing CME event with Disney in the background. So until next time, thanks, everybody. <music>